0: You know, for me, I've worked with a lot of different brands and, you know, sometimes you've got a brand many times that you have to try to inject personality into it or create a story for it or help bring it to life in some way. And when you were starting the conversation with a a name that sounded great and a reason for it to exist that sounded great, I mean, those are the legs that you don't have to make that stuff up. You know, If, if you don't have to inject that
1: personality into the brand... Uh, it's great. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Finding Fire podcast. This week, we had the opportunity to sit down with Shannon from Yellow Bike Coffee and Dan, a creative director, designer, and owner of Stoss Creative Thinking, to discuss the process of brand creation, specifically the creation of the Yellow Bike brand. We also touch on the Duluth Hero Roast project that we've been actively involved in and how that came to fruition. We hope you're enjoying these episodes. Please follow, like, and subscribe. And it would be great if you left us a review.
2: This is episode five of six of our Yellow Bike Hero Roast project. And this episode really hit home with us because we know Shannon and we know Yellow Bike on a personal level, but we've really never heard the story of Yellow Bike and the why of Yellow Bike. So sit back, enjoy this episode. We know you'll love it.
1: Well, Shannon, Dan, thank you. It's going good. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for uh, sitting down with us today. And we're here to talk about kind of Yellow Bike's origin and how it got started. And Shannon, why don't you kind of take it from here and let us know exactly how this transpired? Well, I mean, it's no secret
3: that this last year, year plus a little bit, has uh, really challenged every person, has challenged every business, you know, really has made a step back and evaluate, gosh, almost everything. And Yellow Bike was always, um, it was an intentional project, but it was a side gig, you know, because I had come from a business background and, you know, I would do business contract work and... You know, help people build their businesses and do that. So, Yellow Bike was the was the side, side gig, and we thought, well, you know, it'll it'll serve a community purpose. It'll do um, good things in this community. That was our hope, and it was. So, <laughs> COVID, COVID, not only just you know took our feet out from under us, but also was, you know, where do we go from here? And the original original idea of Yellow Bike. So this was for four-plus years ago now, kind of had this idea of a coffee shop that served the business community in a way that I just I didn't see the model out there. I didn't see the conference rooms. I didn't see the connective, you know, the, the fiber Wi-Fi, um, certain products. So that was kind of the original idea of the concept, but the brand was different. You know, like, how do you connect a brand now to the operational concept? So the very, very, very first phone call I made was to my friend Dan. Mm-hmm. And we went to school together. <laughs> yeah, we went to school together. We grew up together. And I knew he had been in, you know, the marketing, branding, packaging world. And um, but we really hadn't stayed connected for many years. Like, you know, I won't <laughs> say how old we are. Um, but, you know, I just kind of reached out. I'm like, hey, Dan, what are you doing? And, and I kind of got this idea. And could we have a conversation? And you're gracious. And you're like, sure. So I started kind of just throwing these ideas at you. Because the reason of, the, of why I made that phone call was because in my head, I think everything's a good idea, but you have to outwardly validate it a little bit. So I thought, right. here's the person that could maybe give me an honest opinion, because if he tells me, because he's in the industry, right? Mm-hmm. and I, Not the coffee industry, but he's in the, the branding um, industry of products in the marketplace. So I'm like, if he just says, this is stupid, then I'm ser- not going to waste my time. I, I never say that,
0: by the way. Yeah. You, know, <laughs>
3: <laughs> you never say that. But no. That's, you, not yeah, that's not where I start. Yeah. not where I Right. But the purpose was, you know. So um, maybe let's just, go, let's just backtrack in memory lane here really quick, Dan, because I, well, I call you and I'm like, hey, yeah, here's this idea for this yellow bike. Um, so just walk us through that conversation really quick well, and where you thought. Okay? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, for me... Any conversation that I have like that with someone who's starting a business or rebuilding uh, an existing brand, um, like for me, the gears just get turning instantly. So it's never a judgment. It's never a judgmental thing. Like, because I don't even know that I ever know enough to decide if something's going to work or not. Mm-hmm. For me, it's always a creative generation mindset like from the from the beginning of the uh conversation I'm always listening and thinking this could be better that could be better I could help here I could help there and that's sort of the infectious problem that happens with me is when someone like you starts to fill my brain and then when we meet it's not just like for a half an hour it's like 2 3 hours and at some point I'm like I got to I got to end this conversation <laughs> <laughs> I think my brain's full but it is very much a you know it's a it's an absorbing what you're talking about, where you're coming from, and then it's an instant sort of churning that happens on the spot. And then, on, you know, for me, it doesn't really go away. It just continues to ruminate in the back of the mind. So, you know, so that's really what it was. It was, I'm sure that that first conversation, which I think was in the Twin Cities at a coffee shop No, it
3: was. I know. I remember exactly where I was. Maybe that was one of the other ones. That was. That was probably, (laughs) 2.0, 3.0, because the, the very very first conversation. I made a phone call, and I was in. I was in Duluth Coffee Company, and I was in the back hallway because I couldn't hear because it was really loud in the cafe. So I'm in the back hallway, and I'm, I'm going up and down the stairs, and outside, you know, whatever. And I just remember thinking, Am I crazy to have this idea of this? Yellow bike concept, and you started pulling some things out of that, right? Which was
0: which was great. That's part of what happens when we're having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Is you you kind of put <clears throat> a lot of things on the table. You know, that's you're sort of a table filler. You know, and I'm probably a uh, <clears throat> a good at organizing the things you're throwing under mm-hmm. the table, and then starting to see. I think more of a different vision or a bigger vision out of what you're putting on the table. It's like, you know what you want out of it. And I'm capable, I think, of helping put it on a path, helping you put it on a path, you know, down a certain direction or getting it to a certain place, you know, kind of taking those things on the table and reorganizing them. So
3: I remember just, this is the thing I remember clearly is I remember you saying, Shannon, I think this thing's really got legs. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so if he thinks that, because him being in the industry for so long and being top at his game and doing the things and him having the portfolio he has. So I'm like, okay, if he thinks that, then maybe I'll put a little bit more effort to
0: this. So that was kind of the original... I think that was know. around the, the... I mean, you had the name Yellow Bike and you started... You were telling me about where that originated from, you know, for you. I think you told the story of when you were a young kid, you got these pictures of your mom. Mm-hmm. And your. I think your brother was there helping you to learn a bike, you know, and I... You know, for me, I've worked with a lot of different brands, and, you know, sometimes you've got a brand many times that you have to try to inject personality into it or create a story for it or help bring it to life in some way. And when you were starting the conversation with a a name that sounded great and a reason for it to exist that sounded great, I mean, those are the legs that you don't have to make that stuff up. You know, If, if you don't have to inject that personality into the brand... Uh, it's great. So that, for me, like from a brand perspective, that's why I was excited pretty quickly. Um, but I remember hearing those stories and then wanting to <clears throat> take your personal story and help you turn it into a story that other could, people could relate to, like, mm-hmm. a, like a great song, you know, some, like a, a great song is capable of being, um, you know, heard by many people and internalized in their own life. And I feel like that's what I wanted to help you do with the story you were telling is turn it into something that other people, I mean, customers, whatever, just people, mm-hmm. you know, could mm-hmm. of, of all ages. Cause like everybody comes to a coffee shop, but how could you help them internalize it? Right. And, uh, that's what, that was sort of that first spark of the yellow bike idea that had me super excited. And I, I, f- I feel like one of the first things I was, it might've been that first meeting, you know, I was saying, you know, what's really great about, you know the idea of riding a bike for the first time because we we haven't even told this story. That's really what it was about was Shannon learning to ride a bike for the first time. And- well, b-
3: well, because I said to myself, "Yellow bike," I like the name. But then I realized it doesn't matter where in the world you're from, doesn't matter what age you are, doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or whatever. Like yeah. the the idea of a bike is accessible yeah. to everybody. That's what yeah. I really liked. And riding a bike is is generally that first competence you have, mm-hmm. you know, that first accomplishment. And I mean, just... I did it. I yeah. did it. Well, you know, so, so yeah.
0: And, and, and when I heard, you know, when you were saying those things, I really keyed on, on that moment, like the emotional moment and what it feels like when you're on that bike and you've got your parents there or your brother or your friend or whatever anybody's personal circumstances is. You don't really have to define that. Um, you've got that moment where they are, well, they're holding the seat, you know, they're really there to support you, you know, they're there to help and, but their goal is to help you do something on your own. Uh, but then that moment, and you never really know when they let go cause they don't really tell you that's the wise thing, <laughs> <laughs> but they do, they let go. Yeah. And all of a sudden you realize that you are riding this two wheeled bike thing that you thought you'd never do. And you're doing it on your own. And I thought that moment was super powerful because it, it's, it's a moment I don't know how, how you can express it in people's lives as sort of cleanly and succinctly as that does. This moment where you rea- realize that you're, su- you're responsible for your own success, you know, and it's such a, I, I don't know how often, you know, people get to experience that in their lives. You know, I mean, I finish a project, you know, I mean, this is, whether it's a work project and I look at it, you know, a year later and think, oh, I think that was pretty good now that I look at it. Or it might be a home project, you know, I put up some cabinets and I'm like, oh, oh it turned out pretty nice, you know, I'm pretty proud of myself. But that's a kind of a long distance sometimes to be able to reflect and look at your accomplishments and feel good about, you know, doing something and uh, So this idea of the first time you ride a bike is such a, like, a clear idea that captures that feeling. Um, And you were talking about, you know, wanting to help people see success and be successful. And it just felt like a great metaphor for capturing that.
3: Yeah. So it was, so we had all these conversations. I'm like, okay, but Yellow Bike didn't exist. So we just kind of launched into just a testing of this brand and, you know, I don't know, proof of concept, whatever. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, fast forward three years and and we've done decently well. Like, okay, this proof pr- proved the concept. It works. It, you know, 1.0, it's doing well. <clears throat> and because of COVID and, you know, just other things, unforeseen things, at this point now of saying, well, especially COVID, at this point now of just saying, where's Yellow Bike going? And what are we going to make this into? And is it just going to stay a little... You know, community coffee shop, basically just kind of pay for itself and whatever. But, you know, personally, I was faced with, um, you know, do I caretake this thing enough, just hand it off, let it just be on its basic life support, you know, and go back to my, quote, real job? Or do I dive into this thing and really put that real job hat on, which is business development, and combine it with Yellow Bike? And because I didn't see an end to... The COVID operation. I mean, everybody's like, "Oh, we got through the year and we're going back to quote normal." I'm like, "Y'all, no." Like that is see
0: what fall brings,
3: right? I'm like,
0: (laughs) or Delta or whatever it is going to be.
3: Well, but the point being, like in the food and beverage industry, there's no going back to normal. You know, I mean, there is such residual effects of this, and we're going to see this for a year, two more years, and that wasn't my plan. When you know, I had took I took this over. Um, operationally just to do a little expansion and, you know, four months into that COVID hits. So I didn't plan any of that. So now I'm at this juncture of what do I do? And so I made the decision to like, just kind of combine it all together make another phone call to Dan (laughs) and I say (laughs) phone
0: call. I mean, phone call. Yeah. I mean, phase 2.0 probably. Yeah. Yeah. Phone call. Right. 50, 60. Yeah. Right. Right. So,
3: right. So (laughs) the, the initial, the initial yellow white concept was like, okay, I think this has got enough leg. Let's try it. And then fast forward three years. Now it's like, okay, how do we do Mm 2.0? And
1: so, so 2.0. So we've, First three years, you got the brand out there, the names out there. You're in the community, um, and now that you are looking to enhance or evolve it further, what does that look like, and what is the purpose behind the
3: evolution? Right. So I knew I knew like what we had was was really good, but I knew we needed a 2.0, um, and I knew. Dan was the person to do that. So I called him and I just said, here's what I'm thinking. Here's my ideas. Um, what do you think? And he agreed. We we agreed, a, a, you know, a business collaboration that um, would allow that. So we we dug in and Dan asks really powerful questions and I vomit all this information on the table and he sifts through it and he creates something that is tangible out of it. And uh, it's amazing uh, to work through that process with Dan because that's what he does. He's not just a, um, well, here, why don't you just, uh, we kind of skip that edit. <laughs> um, so uh, just because so, people don't know you, Dan, mm-hmm. you know, why don't you just say, like, uh, just tell everybody, like, what oh, yeah. you do, like, what you, just two, three sentences, just what sure, you yeah. do and what you walk people through.
0: Well, so I'm a, I mean, I'm a brand builder. I, I, <laughs> I went to UMD for graphic design. But, you know, once you get into that industry, then you start to do many things. And my involvement in the industry was very focused on building brands, you know, from the ground up. So for me, it, it's, it's been like 25, oh God, how many years? Well, probably more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's been very focused work on building brands, logos, um, naming, visual language sort of making a brand happen from scratch or making a new, an existing brand come to life. So that's really been my specialty over the years. So I've been doing my own company and my own version of all of that for almost five years now. And I've, one of the, one of the things I found that I really wanted to do was be able to dig in and define brands in a way that Best informed that work that needed to be done, and not just for for my purposes, but also for other internal purposes for writers. Uh, But even beyond that, just to I wanted brands to have a clear vision of who they were, um, because sometimes just doing the daily stuff you need to do for your company, if you have a clear vision of of the reason you're hanging out and you're existing, it just makes things it makes it easier. To make better decisions every single day when you have a clear vision for where you're headed.
3: Right. So I knew that we were going to start building this and we're going to have to make decisions. So if we did the work right now, then as these things start coming, we could quickly make decisions. Ah, that fits the brand. That doesn't. You know, that fits the criteria. Mm-hmm. That doesn't. Because when you're an entrepreneur, you have the shiny object syndrome. And it's like, ooh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. But you have to have the clear, you know, the clear boundaries to say no. And I knew if we did that work ahead of time, you know, that would really help that. And because I knew Dan was so um, advanced in his industry and so good at what he does, and because my business contracting work I would do, a lot of it revolved around the the digital and the creative and all that kind of stuff. One of the biggest problems in that industry is clients not allowing the creative experts to do what they're really good at. And it's, it's a big frustration. And um, so that's kind of like our agreement is... I, really, like I, I yeah. give him all this information, he figures out what to do with it, and I let him do it and I told him i i'll i'll, I'll only say no if I have like literally this visceral reaction to something yeah. really you know and and but that's i I trust you know his expertise, and i'm going to trust this process and see what happens yeah. and you know what I'm talking about, don't yeah. you oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: that's
2: just- yeah, this is your baby. It's I mean, for any entrepreneur, I think it's hard to let go of something. But the trust that, obviously, you're giving to Dan to help you grow is But huge. people
3: hire creative people because they need stuff done. But mm-hmm. yet, somehow, they think they know how to do it. Right. And I'm like, y'all, if you knew how to do it, you wouldn't be hiring the creative. <laughs> exactly. So at some point, you got to let them do what they, what they do, do yeah. you know?
0: Well, and you know, I would say that... Part of this, this that first thing we did together for 2.0 phase Mm 2.0, is is not (coughs) me just establishing things. This is not me deciding everything. This is this is really uh, a soaking in of of what you are looking for. You know. So So what? So
3: tell people what this is really quick. Like what did we what did we work through? Because this is a whole brand experience. Well,
0: (coughs) yeah. So I mean, when when we when I start a strategy project, it really revolves around. Defining four four main things, um, <clears throat> what the product is, and you know if it's a coffee shop, many people could answer that at a pretty basic level. Um, but you know, I probably went through this a number of times with you, which is, it's it's not coffee. You know, it's I mean it is. And it's good to be good at coffee. Well you have to be good at coffee. You have to be that's baseline. Yeah. yeah. And if you're acing it or if you're kind of doing next level coffee, of course that's nice too. But that's not really what it is, you know. So I mean, what, what is the product, you know? I mean, is it is it a place for people to gather? Is it I mean, how much of the product is actually that versus what they're drinking, you know? Mm-hmm. And how much of it is, you know, the ability for people to, to make new connections and to have an impromptu meeting or to do a podcast, you know? I mean, there's so many different things that coffee shops in general offer, but... Well, and we, in COVID... Oh, yeah, changed that quite a bit. COVID
3: threw this in my face. Right, yeah. And so this is what prompted a lot of like, hey, Dan, can you help me do this? Because COVID just challenged everything because people weren't coming into a shop. Right. So then why would they want to, why would they want to consume anything I have? Right,
0: it really changed the game. It
3: really changed the game. So I'm like, if I don't dive down and figure this out now right then what am I doing right so So, I mean
0: when we dove into this we we really I mean it was in the middle of COVID and I was actually I needed to be careful and remind you that it either will pass or it will change or things will be different you know because you were pretty like in the throes of of it and I wanted to make sure that we were thinking about both what it what it may have been what it could be and also kind of what it was now and kind of think of all of that um, but yeah so product defining the product that was a big a big part of this in fact mm-hmm. we kind of, I think I went way out of the way to do it well I'll, you know what I'm going to get to that later mm-hmm. defining the product defining the audience <clears throat> a lot of people don't they, they have numbers about their audience like oh it's you know it's it's females between the ages of this and that, and they, they get very um, statistical about defining their audience, and from a brand building perspective, that's not the most valuable thing for me. I like to define the audience at least in terms of what I do, in terms of um, common denominators that they have and that people have in common that, sh- that they share, no matter what, you know, what their gender or age or whatever. And I do that because it's more powerful in terms of helping shape. You know the entire big picture of the of the brand. So defining the product, product defining the audience, um, <clears throat> and then working in from that, defining the brand personality and defining the feelings that you want the audience to have. And the defining the feelings is something that I ended up soaking in on a number of experience design projects I worked on in the past, which were all hyper focused on audience feelings. And it's about you know someone walks in. They walk through the front front door. What's the first thing they see? Oh, they see this, and how does that make them feel? And how would you actually like them to feel? And what do we change about that to have them feel the way you'd like them to feel? You, you told me one
3: time you're like even down to soggy wet carpets in the yes. in the
0: winter. I mean, and the
3: hot air blowing. So now I walk into Sam's Club and I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, dry carpets, and here's yeah. the hot. And you just
0: so I mean, you feel
3: so much better, and you're yeah, like, yeah. I'm happy to be here.
0: When you're when you're doing real experience design, I mean, it, it, this is it, this is a. You know this is a phrase that has been you know co opted by many different people and probably thrown w- thrown around way too often now but i 've done literal experience experience design projects uh, <laughs> with the guy that like invented the category, so I had been pretty informed with that so what what I do is I bake that into my bigger picture of everything so that we 're taking into account the audience, and from the bigger picture we 've got some larger feelings we want them to have. Of course, if someone walks in and the soggy carpet, you can decide, you know. But all of those should really orient around the bigger feelings that you want people to have and really that's just about taking into account who your brand is interacting with and the effect you want to have on them, mm-hmm. you know. And then the the last thing is sort of that bridge from the product to the audience, the brand personality. And to me, that was something that I mean, you know plenty of people plenty of people do this, but to me it's a it's a part of the big puzzle. I think you want to have your audience feel a certain way, but at the same time, you want to have a personality for your brand at the level that you could imagine that brand walking into the room, sitting at the table with us, and you could understand them, and not only that um, they would have a personality that is in some ways magnetic, you know, no, no matter what type of personality, if it's something that if it's a personality that people are drawn to and they want to be around that person. We all know those people in our lives. That's what you want your brand to be. You want your brand to be that type of person that walks into the room, one that people are attracted to and they they feel a connection to them and they want to be around them that's what you want so those are the four for me the four main pillars of what my strategy is about and that's what we went through and you however threw a fifth, <laughs> a fifth cog in in the whole wheel when we started digging into it because you came to the table for 2.0 and you said um, i want to make sure that i have a that yellow bike has a reason to exist a purpose you know i don't want to just do this to do it, you know. Well,
3: because that's that was it my is. existential crisis I came to because I was like <laughs> I was like here's my professional world, here's my side gig coffee world. Mm-hmm. And that side gig coffee world because of covid isn't going anywhere. And it, there's an undefined end to that. Could be a year, it could be two years, it could I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. Like covid taught us a lot of things and one is like, "Oh, could change tomorrow." Mm-hmm. So that being the case, I had to have a reason to do this. Well, if I didn't have a reason,
1: I was just not going to do it.
0: And it was powerful. I mean, it was excellent.
1: So you went through with Dan. You did all this work Mm -hmm. and went through the four or five wheels there, pillars. (laughs) Yeah. What is now Yellow Bike 2.0? What is the purpose Mm -hmm. and what is your goal? This for me.
3: That one's for you because it, – it, well, it's really funny because – and this is what Dan helped me do because in my head, like, it's all here. But I needed to be able to articulate this, and I needed to be able to take actionable decisions off of it. And that's what Dan helped us um, pare down and really get on paper. So, yeah. Fine well,
0: <clears throat> I mean, the the challenge that you came to the table with was, you know – Uh, there were a number of things you really wanted, you know, and, and Shannon really wanted, she wanted people in the world to be able to work together and to, you know, to, to help, really wants to have a great impact on the world in some ways, you know, and that, I thought it was pretty interesting to try and bake that into a brand personality and audience feelings. And that's, that's really was the core of why we went down the path we did. And, um, so, really, the purpose for existing, I've got it right here. Okay, I, we have it on paper now. It. We've got it I'll fine tuned
3: on it. paper. Yes.
0: Uh, crafted to craft product, product experiences and human experiences that bring people together and make the world a better place. And that sounds like all of this stuff sounds a little fluffy, you know, when you say it out loud. But really, We actually have sort of a a written plan in place for what that actually looks like.
3: Because so many brands say that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm like, oh, man, every brand on the planet is like, Mm we want to make the world a better place. Sounds
2: good. It sounds good.
3: But they never actually follow through. Like, there's never, like, how do they do that? Mm. They never get to doing it.
0: So let me throw uh, out four more words. Yep. Because these are actually the the meat uh, on the bones. Uh, Curator conduit curiosity and champion and uh, when I really when we talked uh, quite a bit about what yellowback actually does um, we talked about the curator aspect of what yellowback does which is you know gathering 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 great things and bringing them together selecting those great things finding them and bringing them together and then the conduit portion which is um, Bringing those to the table and getting them to other people, sort of the sharing aspect of things. So it's this gathering and the sharing, the uh, the curator and the conduit. And when when we're talking about crafted, how you how you gather things, like that process of gathering, that's a crafted ex- experience for Yellow Bike. And how you share it, how you bring those to, those things to people, that's a crafted experience. Um, and then the other two aspects, curiosity and champion. This is where it gets a little bit more. It's the more human side of why and how. Maybe how is the right word um, for yellow bike. Uh, curiosity, that really has to do with wanting people to feel appreciated and understood. And the impact of that, <clears throat> The and this is everybody, this is... The growers, uh, uh, this is roasters, if you're going to have guest roasters. This is audience, our clients, our customers walking in. This is everybody. You want everyone to feel appreciated and understood because that is really the baseline. uh, That's the baseline for people feeling like um, they're a part of something and feeling like the the way they are and who they are is enough to be a part of something. And that's a great place to start. So curiosity is the word, but it really is curiosity to to, to learn about other people, find out who they are, and appreciate them for where they are and who they are. And And a lot
3: of that was birthed out of what we saw this last year.
0: Yeah, right. And
3: really just my um, sadness and annoyance of how people so quickly polarized and so quickly us against them. I mean, and I just—it was just heart-wrenching.
0: Well, that's what got us talking about this, Mm -hmm. and you know, the the antidote for that is curiosity. Mm -hmm. You know, honestly, it it really is. It it mean. I mean, there's so many people that I walk past every day. This is my personal experience. I walk past every day. I have no reason to know them, and I and no reason to care. And when we have social media and other sort of devices in our world that make it easier to walk past people and not pay attention to them and not care, you start to not see them as people anymore. They are just uh, like they are in your feed. There's something that passes by that you can not care about them. And, you know, it takes a lot of energy to care about people, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but not that much, not that much. And really, you know, if you walk by someone on the street, if you don't interact with them at all, That's it. They walk by. But if you ask them, hey, you know, what's your name, (laughs) for starters? You know, but I mean, you get one little detail. You learn about what their pet is, or you learn about where they live, or what kind of car they drive, or maybe they can't even drive. You know, you learn about the fact that they're limited in their ability to get around. Your empathy for that person, your willingness to um, accept them for who they are, I mean, you don't have to learn much and you're ready to start accepting them. And I think that is that willingness to start accepting people comes out of super simple stuff like the word curiosity. You
3: and that, know? that curiosity, we, we sat on that for a long time yeah. because this is what happens in the coffee shop physically all the time, all the time. And so people walk in, hey, what do you got going on today? And we train our staff not to be how are you today? Everybody says that. You know, we, we say, you know, hey, what, what do you got going on today? What, and it is fascinating what you learn about people. And people walk in, and my staff is learning that the people who walk in who look like whatever, and then you find out, like, who they are, what they do, mm-hmm. the, the staff is blown away. And I'm like, that's the curiosity. That's the genuine curiosity on people. So as a brand, that just happens here. So how do we bake that into who we are and bring that to a bigger audience? Well,
0: the first thing is to get it on paper, you know? And and when I said these five words, crafted, and then I said curiosity, conduit, I'm sorry, curator, conduit, curiosity, champion, Mm -hmm. I mean, that still sounds like a lot of fluff to people, you know? And the, the thing is, I don't see it that way because when I put this document together and when we talked, and, you know, I need, first of all, I need to be able to explain this stuff to Shannon and have her not think I'm crazy. Oh no, I've, I have never (laughs) thought you're crazy.
3: I sit, I sit this and I read this to, um, a good friend and a well-known business guy. And he literally, he was like,
0: can I come work for you?
3: And I was like, bingo, perfect. So no, this is not fluff. This is the starting point. But that's just it. I mean,
0: so, so when I say, when we just literally talked about people walking down the street and, you know, having empathy for people, being able to, being able to, um, uh, soak them in and find out who they are and change the way that you feel about strangers i mean now if you can take that and put it into actual process as a part of your business not just when people walk in you know walk in the store but when you're making a bag a bag of coffee when you're putting something online for sale like <laughs> if you have these things top of mind and this is part of what you're trying to create and you try to put it everywhere now you're changing the game on, on being able to have the change you want, have people to come together, you know, have people accept each other because you're sort of providing that as a, as a way to do it. So I love the actual
3: definitions of that. So if you don't mind, because the paper's on your side. You don't want to read um, it? Yeah, I want you to read what the curiosity says and then what the champion says.
0: Curiosity. Genuinely interested in learning about people, places, things. Accepting, I probably should have had an and there. Let me start it over. Genuinely interested in learning about people, places, and things. Accepting them where they are at. Excited to hear their story and understand their path. And then champion. Enthusiastic support for products as they move along the journey from farm to table. Enthusiastic support for individuals as they move along their life path. And that actually brings up a great point. All of this, this crafted, I think it needs to be applied to the product experience and the human experience. It's both, you know. You can literally think about having curiosity and being a champion for the coffee beans that start in, you know, eastern Africa somewhere and ha- having curiosity about them and championing those along their path. And you can have the same the same uh, experience, the same crafted experience can be made for humans that you interact with, whether it is the growers, you know, of those coffee beans and then the roasters, or whether it's people that come in and yellow bike is 30 minutes of their day, you know? Right, so, this, was, so
3: this is the challenge. This is the challenge now that, okay, we've got this, we've got this idea, we've got the framework of how this is going to happen. And now it's like, okay, do we now just apply this to people walking into our shop? Okay, right, well, yes, know. we do. But again, what COVID taught us is brick and mortar made to order is got is got a <laughs> cap, you know? And- At any point, it could disappear. You know, governor could say this, you know, whatever person could say this. I mean, so much unknown. But we do know that people also, you know, the online and the digital community is not going away. Mm -hmm. Right. So now how do we transition
1: into that? Yeah. So. So Yellow Bike 2.0 has taken some action. And um, we kind of touched on it a little bit um, with. The Roasters, and you have a big series coming out. Working title, Duluth Hero Roast, Mm -hmm. kicking off September, Recovery Month. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about this series and what that entails? Yeah, so it, it, well, I mean, it
3: it accidentally kind of came together because uh, I knew I, I had to have things that had my brand on it. I love local collaborations, hundred percent. I'm all for it. But we are a coffee shop, so I needed to have beans and bags that had my brand on it. And so, you know, moving down that path on how to do that, this and that, da da da. Um, that culminated in us partnering with a company called Bellwether Roasters out of Berkeley, California. So we are waiting anxiously, and it's coming soon. Is it's an electric roaster. And it scrubs the air, checks every environmental box. So there's no, you know, you don't have your carbon footprint and emissions going off. And so that's going to give us a lot of flexibility. So we're like, okay, now we can roast. Because contract roasting, I said I would never be a roaster because I don't have that skill set, I don't. Well, this machine takes that part of it out of it. And it allows you to be able to do it in small batches. So I'm like, perfect. So now we can fulfill the beans we need for us. And now I need to look at now products, you know? And because I'm curious about everybody and because I want to champion things, you know, the first guy that came to my mind um, was somebody in a business group of mine and Zach Walters. I'm like, oh my gosh, Zach's story is amazing. So I'm like, I want people to know about Zach and I want them to know his story. So um, that's how it started. And then I realized like, wait a minute, Zach's story... Is in the same genre as the people that I did the Lookout for the Helpers with, which was a year ago when COVID hit. We did this program where we were feeding and giving coffee and bakery to all the essential workers, and we branded it Lookout for the Helpers, and um, it was a great two and a half month campaign. And I'm like, wait a minute, Judge Flerky and Johnny, like they're all in the same like recovery community, and I've never been around like recovery communities, addictions, like that's just not a world I live in or have been around. And um, I thought, well, this is good. So we started talking to them. I'm like, hey, would you guys be game for like this crazy idea I have of doing these four coffees and I'll put it off four people and we'll just tell your story? And they're like, it'd be awesome. So then I called these two amazing guys, Matt and Ryan. I said, hey, Finding Fire, would you guys help us um, record a podcast with each, with each of these people? Because my desire of you know, for Yellow Bike is to be the be really curious about these people and be the conduit, you know, to, to champion who they are and bring that to the world. And, you know, that is the impact we're hoping to have. So um, you guys graciously said, absolutely, we would help you record those stories. So we sat in here and we recorded, you know, each of their stories and we're pairing them specifically with a coffee. And then we're um, tracking down those farmers and uh, we're going to be doing a Zoom Interview with a Tanzania farmer gal. I'm so excited. She's gonna do a farm tour and they support a um a school in Tanzania. And I'm just like, this is awesome. You know, so really like learning so that bag of green beans sitting out there. I'm like, I'm looking at this bag of green beans and I'm looking on my phone as I'm talking to Vera who's in Germany at the time and she's on her way to Tanzania, and I'm like, that is crazy that you're in Africa, in Germany, and I got a bag sitting right there I'm looking at that was stamped from your farm. It's awesome. But, um, so anyway, just, so that's accidentally how this whole thing, I'm like, this is perfect. Now I have the the technical capacity to do these small roasts and do these um, industry specific things that solve the um, purpose and mission of Yellow Bike, which is bringing these things to the world. So. So we're hoping. Um, oh, and then I just accidentally again found out that September is uh, National Recovery Month. So I'm like, perfect. <laughs> so, um, so then I make another phone call to Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it always starts with a text. Hey, Dan, can we have a phone call? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably like okay. So I'm like, hey, we got um, Here's the idea of doing these four roasts, and I think it's it's really perfect because what it what it has done also has helped us create a. F- uh, um, a product design framework that also can be reproducible. Mm-hmm. So the goal is to do this series, and you know, and then do a next series, and that you know. So getting this first one out is proving semi-painful, but that's only because of me and my um, just ADD brain. But um, but yeah, but we're getting there. But it, it's really it's exciting to know that we're we're putting the meat to the bone and we're putting you know feet to the pavement to create actual products that will serve this purpose. And, and uh, you guys, I would love for you to, to talk about, we haven't edited these podcasts yet, Mm -hmm. um, but you've heard them because obviously you were here helping record them. Um, Just some feedback on, on them because I walked away listening to these four, just going, I'm exposed to a whole world. I never knew anything about
1: those conversations that we had were incredible and powerful. And it's, it is not something that you actively think about on a day-to-day basis if you're not living it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it just it really opened your eyes to, like, what people go through and really what those individuals did to overcome some of those hurdles, which was amazing.
2: Yeah, like, so. e- each conversation gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, the, the feelings that they – like, they – Just gave us some insight to their lives, which they probably don't give a lot of people. In this conference room that we're in right now, they dug deep and spilled out a lot of feelings that were just, you could tell, as core to their heart about who they are, where they've been, where they are now. And I was just so appreciative that they shared all that with us. And yeah, just
0: learning their names and mm-hmm. a little bit of their story would have been one thing, but each one of those podcasts, it's like a deep dive yeah. <laughs> into their life. Yep. And it's, it's like taking that thing I talked about, but amping it up to like a whole new level. And it's super powerful to, to, to hear those stories.
1: Right. And honestly, like you think about the name of our podcast, the Finding Fire podcast, mm. those people have found their fire yep. and they're living it. Right. just um, so cool. Yeah.
3: Right. And you think of it like, um, you know, these high level executives, this and that, da, da, da. And these guys aren't, but I'm going to tell you, they're more real and genuine and having an impact day to day to day to day. Yeah. And they have, they found their fire. And, um, I was super humbled that they would even be willing to tell their story Mm -hmm. because a couple of those people just, they don't, I mean, they do a little bit, but they don't make necessarily a habit of it. And they're like, This is this is important. We want to tell our story, and I was like super humbled that they would do that. So I'm I'm hoping that this series will do them and their story justice and really get the get the message out and their story out. Yeah,
0: I think uh, you know, for Yellow Bike to be sort of um, bringing people's stories for other people to hear, it's a great it's a great rhythm to be in. You know, and my perspective is for is just just the start i don't want to throw shannon a bunch of work here but really you know that's just trying to write those but, four paragraphs yeah, now it's so
3: hard <laughs> but there's really, any content writers out there yeah I really, yeah i know some
0: yeah yeah oh, gosh. but uh you know i mean that it's a great thing for yellowback to be doing just these four alone but it's a great rhythm i mean imagine imagine 50 and looking back and seeing 50 stories written and and helping expose just enough look you know, All of your audience, and the great thing about the podcasts and you know being online is that that can grow beyond this local area, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's super powerful. And for Yellow Bike to be the the center of bringing stories to people, so that people can just appreciate other people and get that as a part of their rhythm, Mm -hmm. that's great. You know, I think that's really how you start bringing people together. (laughs) But this, but this is what makes
3: it it. This is the why for me. Because, you know, like, Matt, you guys, we've talked that if it's if it's just about coffee, mm-hmm. I'm not interested if it's just coffee. I like coffee. Coffee's fascinating. The industry's fascinating. I love people walking into my brick and mortar. But if I'm doing this day in and day out and there's not a scalable, uh, broader purpose for it, mm-hmm. um, I just, again, it's my ADD. I kind of just, like, I just, I need a little bit more of that deep down why? And then I say that, and somebody walks in, and we have this incredible experience. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this whole day was worth it just to have that conversation. So, oh.
0: you have to record everyone. I know. <laughs> I'm serious, though. Sometimes yeah. the smallest conversation, they don't need yeah. to be two hours mm-hmm. long.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, a 15 minute conversation with someone would be really good content for a lot of people cool. to Well, and I, I get
3: fascinated by everybody. I'm just genuinely curious about people. I love people. And I told Nan, I said, Dan, we got to figure out a way that will be on brand and will give me the freedom when I'm anywhere, doesn't matter where I'm at, um, anywhere in the world, if I just come across something that I think is fascinating that I wanna just tell somebody about, isn't I that TikTok? Do that.
0: Like, you need to be on TikTok, <laughs> yeah. right? Just start. <laughs> yep. That's the plan. I mean, TikTok. I'm not this, on TikTok. This will but... <laughs> be
1: on TikTok. Just okay. Guys. <laughs>
0: yeah. But if you just want to tell five-second stories, oh, I think gosh. TikTok is your, is yeah. your m- mode of operation.
3: Yeah. All well, my interns, my soccer interns got us on TikTok, and we had yeah. they, they made a Excellent. smoothie and put, like, whip whatever. It had 30,000 views. Yeah. I'm like, y'all, that's a mango strawberry smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever.
0: 30,000?
3: yeah I, they do that I think when you start because you oh. look at like 30,000 10th like in, you know you going, right because like wait what 30,000 <laughs> I'm going to put out more content I'm sure it's strategy but
2: whatever I think what's Probably. really cool is as you were just explaining this project series even the words that you use you may have not realized it or you may have, but with what Dan was just explaining those four words I like, guess it's such a cool baseline for even just starting that off that you can just go off of. It. I think that's really cool yeah, curiosity crafting. Yeah. How are we going to get all this content and share it with others? We're genuinely curious about these stories, not just to hear it, but to we just genuinely care. We want to share that with others. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's simple, mm-hmm. but it's simple but powerful.
0: Really,
3: this is what has been so powerful and helpful with Dan because in my mind, there's just all of this, and the goal is to articulate it, fine tune it, and make it simple.
1: Mm-hmm. And Dan, yeah we touched on it very briefly, but, um, the bags themselves, Mm -hmm. can you talk about your role in the design of those bags and taking the information that you're gathering from these podcasts and turning that into piece of art or? Yeah. Right. I'm super
3: excited about this framework. I just (laughs) got, I really am. So yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: well, in general it's like it's like pushing a whole bunch of content towards, you know, a final destination, you know. And the the interesting thing about this is that doing those podcasts, hearing those stories, they make it so easy to have a reason to do an interesting design for a bag and an interesting name for the bag. I mean, that's it really centers around these stories, telling these stories, but from a design perspective, you know, I mean, I feel like I was just throwing out some names. I listen to the podcast. I'm like, Shannon, here's, the, here's what I'm feeling for this bag, you know. And when I say bag, I, I'm thinking story. Like, it's all centered around the, you know, the story. And really, you know, it's going to be on a bag, but then it's probably going to be an extended story online somewhere. It's going to be a podcast. To me, it's sort of like this column of things related to this one story. And, you know, doing the design for them, it in some ways, it was just a matter of, Simplifying what we were hearing down to a name that could just be. In fact, one thing I told Shannon was, you know, I said some people they're not going to read the back of this bag. They're well, not, I I, it, they're, I would like to think
3: I would like to think that it's amazing and everybody, but reality is yeah, probably yeah, a small yeah. percentage of people will actually read the bags. So you know, Dan created a solution with these bags that are just they're stunning, whether they read it or not.
0: Right. You know? Well, and and I guess what? I, what I was going to say there is that you know if. If they just glance at it, you know, what happens if they just glance at it from a distance? What are, they, what are they going to see? Well, they're going to see some color. They're going to see probably the unique illustration on the bag. They're going to see the, probably the name that we've given that, that coffee flavor. Maybe it's a good... It's not flavored coffee. Don't it's worry. It's roast. Yeah. <laughs> and, and no, Dan's
3: least. learned a lot about coffee. Oh, no, no. No, no, yeah.
0: no I've, I've not been a hazelnut guy for quite some time. <laughs> uh, edit. Edit. <laughs> but... Um, But, you know, the idea is that if someone glances at it and all they soak in is some color, the name of the coffee that's on the bag and the illustration, at least they're soaking in something, which is maybe a little personality of Yellow Bike at at that level, maybe hopefully enough sort of like to pique their interest to read a little more. And then if, if they just read the little description on the front of the bag, you know, then they start to get a flavor for, oh, this is about a person, you know. And if that brings them to the back and they read the abbreviated story, maybe there's enough there for them to gain a little appreciation for someone that's different than them. I mean, that's really what we want. That's We want people to appreciate other people and where they're at because I think that's what builds everything. And hopefully, you know, hopefully they get beyond that and hit the podcast. And, you know, once you start listening to the podcast, you'll have a hard time hitting the stop button and saying, oh, that's enough for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I mean, and really people have time, you know, during the day to just listen to a podcast. I mean, maybe not all the time, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's a great use of time. Mm -hmm.
3: And podcasts are, um, I think it's the on demand content, uh, consumption. That's why podcasts are booming, which is great. Great for us. Totally. But the, the thing, um, the design, the visuals are stunning one of the things i appreciate and love so much about these bags is the framework the reproducible framework that you've created because one side is always about the grower one side is always about the roaster this you know section is always about you know the map of where you know so it's a reproducible hopefully when we get to the yeah, yeah. third and fourth and fifth and sixth series it's reproducible and it lends itself uh, to
0: collaborations mm-hmm. which exactly. is what we want to
3: do we want to collaborate with people you know?
0: with roasters mm-hmm. with growers I mean yep. that it, you can collaborate with any of it I mean the design of the pack in that way the design of the pack, package <clears throat> the framework the structure of it was intentionally like here's the strategy let's bring things together it really is like in some ways it's asking you when you make coffee number five and six and whatever you need to be thinking about the grower the roaster, whether that's going to be the bellwether thing or maybe some guest roaster sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where is the coffee coming from? You know, where's it being roasted? That's just the mechanics of the coffee alone. And then you've got the other part of it, which is the human story that you're going to sort of, it'll be the reason this coffee flavor exists. You know, it's a lot of coming together on one bag. So we've spent
3: four, <laughs> we've spent basically four years in relationship with this brand of yellow bike, fine tuning it to this point. Mm. And this launching of these working title hero roasts because these guys are heroes honestly mm-hmm. these four people are like legit heroes yeah, yeah, and absolutely. um so it's been culminating to to the launch of of these uh, you know this series and we'll see what happens you know
0: uh one thing we didn't even talk about was the idea of success you know in in each of these stories and uh <clears throat> It's actually the first thing I wrote down when we started talking about, you know, this has a possibility for how to bring this to life, you know, a story of success. And each one of these stories has some version of success in it. Everybody has success. And I think that's, that's a thread that exists here, but also should be going throughout all the stories to come, you know, is right. helping, helping people see what success looks like for other people in many different ways, in some ways that helps train you to recognize success or allow a success to happen, mm-hmm, yeah. or maybe to look back at your life and go, Oh, wait, I've got some success. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, that feeling success, recognizing it, knowing how to look for it or work for it. You know, I think that's uh, something that's going to be through all of these and probably through everything in the future.
1: We talk, I mean, we talk about that all the time. Like, what is success to Shannon? What is right. success to me, to Ryan? Like mm-hmm. everybody's idea behind that is different. It's not always millions and billions of dollars. in Right. The bank and, you know, it can be very yeah. minimal, right? Yeah.
3: Well, in helping people identify that. Yeah. Because exactly. sometimes literally, um, I got out of bed today. I brushed my teeth today. I took a shower today. And some people look at that and mock it. And other people are like, man, been there. Like seriously, good job guys. Good job. You know? Right. Yeah. So redefining what success is and celebrating that. Mm-hmm. Celebrating it. And well, helping people identify helping it. Helping people
0: identify it so they can feel it. Because I think once you start to feel success, even like at a small level, then then you get into the habit of wanting to feel that way and allowing yourself to feel that way, maybe is more important than anything. Mm-hmm. Well um, and,
3: and social media, one of the, the horriblenesses of social media mm is comparing things to everybody else. Right, yeah. And so really trying to reclaim some of that back. Yeah. You know, and just be like, yo, it's okay. Like, you, oh my gosh. the You fear.
0: unlocked your phone first try. <laughs> Feeling <laughs> of success. <laughs> I woke up now, in the morning. No, man, in now the m- jump into <laughs> jump into Instagram and make sure that you don't feel good anymore.
3: Oh, uh, the face recognition and it's like too early in the morning and yeah. my phone won't unlock because it's.
2: That's <laughs> a thing. That's funny. <laughs> oh,
1: gosh. So super excited about the series um, launch in September. Um, I want to touch on this because you kind of mentioned it before we started. When Yellow Yellow Bike 2.0, it's here. When you think of who Yellow Bike is, can you describe that person? Like what is Yellow Bike's avatar?
0: Do you want me to read this thing out of the... Out of what I wrote, <laughs> yeah, like really. I, honestly, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I read most of this before we got on the mics here.
3: So, so what, Dan? So, because people are listening to this, what he's yeah. thumbing through here is what a twelve-page document, and it's very in-depth. And this is what we spent a long time. Yeah, and I think it.
1: This is extremely important for people to mm-hmm. wrap their brain around on what you're trying to do with the brand in its entirety. So
0: this is uh, this is part of what I call the character profile. Um, and this is because I do want, like, this is brand stuff again, so I don't know if, if customers are going to hear this. That's probably kind of cool. But this is brand stuff. And this is about um, Shannon being able to envision Yellow Bike the company, Yellow Bike the thing that customers are going to ra- interact with, coming into the room and sitting down at the table as a different person Specifically, different person than Shannon, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is I think when you're an entrepreneur, hard to imagine sometimes because that business is kind of like it's it's me basically, you know. Not that Yellow Bike isn't a lot of Shannon, but it uh, it's it's good to see it as a separate entity because then you can help your customers see it as a separate entity. You can help um, maybe your your staff start to learn it, you know, so they're not they feel maybe like they're helping to build. That person that's sitting at the table, rather than you know, do what it is that they think you want done. You know, everybody can have some ownership in in bringing this character to life. So yeah, so
3: the avatar okay. is a perfect description. Of that. <laughs> avatar, yeah. yeah. Sure. So mm-hmm. Let me see
0: if I can read this because <laughs> my eyes are going a little. Uh, okay. Imagine Yellow Bike as a young, energetic traveler on a bright yellow tandem bike, riding from town to town. On the front is a stylish basket and on the back is a larger rack with, uh, with a couple of saddle packs. In each town, the spirited traveler finds someone who wants to ride with them to the next town. They talk, and they laugh the whole way. At each stop, the traveler loads new supplies onto the back of the bike and sells goods out of the, front of the, bi- uh, out of the basket. Everyone is excited to see the traveler and asks many questions about the bike. Who they're riding with, what's in the basket up front, what's being loaded down in the back the traveler tells wonderfully detailed stories about everything. After a brief stay, the traveler heads off down the path. They enthusiastically wave farewell and wait in anticipation for the traveler and the bike to return loaded with fresh stories with the hopes that they will be the next to share the pedals and the path. So it's uh, (laughs) a... That's that's the story.
3: So what's your... like? Does that embody... Like, when you hear that, do you grasp then, like, what we're doing? Like, does that accomplish what we're hoping it accomplishes?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, like, I can, I don't know about anybody else listening, but I was just close my eyes there and yeah, I was just, like, yeah. listening and envisioning, like, thinking about how, as a business, Yellow Bike embodies that and how you're going to play, you know, a huge role in other individuals' success mm-hmm. while also being successful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, yellow bike is the conduit. You're taking it. You're being their champion. And, yeah, crafted. Crafted. That mm-hmm. I think you
2: should read to all your employees, too. Like, I closed <laughs> my eyes for a little bit, and I, I saw all the colors, and just I felt like I was there. It's, you know, it's lengthy, but short enough where I felt like I was on the bike with the person. But it's really cool to... Or too. you wanted to be on the bike or with the person to, the to, person. to find <laughs> the new adventure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <See? Yep. laughs> Me next. Yeah. Me next. Can I go... <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. Like here's here's Shannon, and here's here's the avatar. Mm-hmm. Here mm-hmm. is I'm helping this person at the table. How is Yellow Bike? What's what's gonna be? How am I gonna help? How's the Yellow Bike gonna help that person? Not necessarily Shannon. How's yeah. And, and
3: Dan and Dan nailed it too, because yeah. as an entrepreneur, and you guys have interviewed enough people, and you're in the same position too. Like as an entrepreneur, your business is an outgrowth of who you are, and it's it's good. But at some point, you have to separate yourself mm-hmm. from that, and it has to have a standalone characteristic and identity because when opportunities or various things come this and that you say okay does it fit
0: yes great yeah. if it doesn't
3: nope we can't mm-hmm. so
0: or you know we need to generate some new ideas you know <laughs> where do we start you know right. i mean sometimes it's not just an editing does it fit it's a okay, we got to make something we've yeah. got to make something new and you know that's why i don't really call this like boundaries so much as a beacon like this whole thing i describe as A beacon that you can kind of look to if you're for a room full of four of us are brainstorming new ideas for for yellow bike in one way or another we can all kind of look at that thing shiny up in the sky and go we all know what it's supposed to be we've got to make something that brings us to that place Mm -hmm. and uh it's nice because it gives you a way to point the
1: ship
0: point the ship. be creative make something that doesn't exist yet but have it go in the right direction Mm -hmm. i love that
3: I will not say boundary anymore. No, you can.
0: Guide rail. <laughs> <laughs> you can. No,
3: I need boundaries. Yeah, you know me enough. I need boundaries. Y'all can have the beacon. I need boundaries. Yeah,
0: that's a classic, like, you know, standards manual. Don't do this with the logo. Do this with it. You know, that's, yeah. those are boundaries, which, yeah. which are is good. useful. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, which
3: are useful, but we're trying to take it one step beyond that. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. so what else?
3: <laughs> hmm
2: no, this has been, this has been fascinating, to say the least.
1: Would you say that you feel? Or how about this? I'm gonna, rephr- I'm gonna rephrase that. Has series one been successful in your eyes?
3: Well, I know because I need to finish my. <laughs> Writing of my back technically.
2: <laughs> technically, It <laughs>
3: yeah. doesn't exist yet, Matt. Edit right. that question out because it, it hasn't well, launched yet.: But the
0: pieces are the pieces I mean are there. the pieces are in place. I'm looking, I mean, I feel like are yeah. here. the pieces are in place. We just got to win the championship.: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. so moving forward from this date, we have a few other pieces to put into place, and we launch series one. Um, what is your, well, I guess what's next after series one wraps?
3: Well, and I keep thinking like, what's my metrics for success, you know, because getting anything launched, the first one is always, you know, figuring it out and Mm -hmm. figuring, you know, whatever. So, so I have to, in my mind, stay realistic on this. Like there's going to be, you know, falters here and learning curves here and this and that. So my, my goal is to get something physically launched learn a whole lot, hopefully be quickly adaptive, Um, and then the next one, hopefully, is then Christmas. So if we can get this one launched and one during Christmas, uh, we'll learn a ton, and we'll see uh, what works, what doesn't work, and then just keep fine-tuning these because the idea is to keep storytelling and keep bringing Mm -hmm. um, the things that we want people to be exposed to and have a platform to do it. So...
2: I got one more. So this is more for you, Dan, about Shannon and Yellow Bike. Uh From 1.0 to 2.0, I guess, what has been your your proudest moment of working with Shannon and Yellow Bike? Was there one, like, (sighs) not an aha moment, but, like, like just a proud moment, I guess?
0: Well, um, I would say specifically, it's something I just barely touched on, but working on the strategy document, um, Shannon really challenged, I mean, really challenged my process in some ways by saying, I don't mean this. <laughs> you didn't stay within the boundaries, Shannon. <laughs> well, it's uh, so
3: funny that you just asked this. I'm just, I'm trying to ma- uh, restrain my snarkiness right now because I'm like, oh, no, I'm like, oh, Ryan, if you only
0: knew like, all no, this no, 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 oh, no, no. I mean, so, I mean, r- really when, when you said, you, you know, as we were going through the the first part, which is you and I chatting and me mm-hmm. just peppering you with questions and doing some visual studies and whatnot. You know, it was um, y- your your need, your desire to have a purpose for Yellow Bike that was above, like, here's the products and here's the audience. It compelled me to do something totally different that I hadn't yet done in, in a uh, in a strategy document at all. It made it more complex. <laughs> it made it more work. But for me, it was a proud moment for me because it brought it to life in a way that I hadn't yet done for someone. And I don't know that I would do it all the time. I mean, really, mm-hmm. you have to have the right client who's looking to achieve what yeah. she's trying to do. I mean, not everybody, not many people at all are doing that. So for me, it was a proud moment because I I liked... I liked the challenge of having to to put that in this document for one. But probably the proud moment was how well I feel feel like I baked in purpose. So purpose is something that you could put on paper and say, oh, we want people to, you know, to come together. You know. Yeah. It could have been left there. But for me the proud moment was baking it into the mechanical things that we would end up building down the road. I feel like that's what I'm really proud about. This thing and then like this packaging is literally the manifestation, the physical build out I mean between the podcasts and the packaging all of those things together are literal things that were made that are all go- going in the direction of something that I think not a lot of people do in 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 the business world or in the world at all mm-hmm. and one of the things that i'm i'm and I've, I've mentioned this to
3: you Dan before, but i don't think I need to state it again because coming from the business world, I'm the business person that fell into coffee. I'm not the coffee person that's trying to have a business. So my brain just works differently. And, and I can see the, the pitfalls and the downfalls and the, and the breaking points of a lot of businesses and where they fail and where they, you know, um, and one thing that I appreciate so, so much about Dan is when he comes with a solution that he's worked long and hard on. I'm really, you yeah. know? And so he comes with a solution. Um, And then more ideas in my head start going this and that. I say, okay, Dan, what about this? Or what about this? He always takes it as a way to then educate me more. He doesn't ever get offended at my questions. He doesn't get frustrated at my questions. Like he takes them and educates me so then I can understand where we're going with the process. And then I'm like, okay, good. All right. Thank you. You know, so
0: that is mega appreciated. Um it's a two-way street by the way. I mean really no seriously like for for it to be successful We're really kind of partners in bringing Yellow Bike to life and getting it towards that beacon that we got down there. And it's going to be down, the beacon's down there. Sometimes the beacon shifts a little bit, you know. And this isn't a situation where I know where the beacon is and she doesn't. It's a the beacon is down there. Sometimes Hmm. I need you to like maybe better understand where I thought the beacon was, or sometimes you need to. Help me understand where you think the beacon is. It's a two-way street. Like, that's the way it works, yeah. you know. So everything but you that just dynamic, said, it goes back and forth. Yeah, but it's-
3: that dynamic, Dan, I, from the business world that I've lived in in the last, you know, years, you know, I keep dating myself every time we have one <laughs> yeah, of these conversations. Well,
0: you say it, but then you, you mash in your mouth so we can't yeah, hear how yeah. many years. Um,
3: <laughs> but, like, that dynamic of the, the, the give and take, like, that is so unique and just, you know, beautiful in the business world. Yeah. And this is why I'm, I'm really hopeful for this because if Yellow Bike didn't have a partner like Dan, you know, this, there's no way any of this would happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no way, no how, just not going to happen. So, and, and you guys have interviewed so many people and having the, the branding person, the creative solutions person, um, man, it's critical. It is critical. Because it is such a technical industry that business owners they don't have the skill set for it. So if you don't have no. the skill set for it, how do you know even who to hire? You know, so That's I've just right. been super lucky just to know Dan for many years. So I trust him as a person, and I trust him with his skill set of the industry and the I mean his portfolio is, is spectacular. Um, but the problem solving skill set that he has, not just, oh here's something that looks beautiful. Right there's science and technical reasons behind all the visual stuff so that's what i'm super proud of i'm super proud of the fact that there's a a foundational working structure here that if we get this
0: first series launched you just said if when 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 when. When
3: all three of you guys (laughs) lean towards your mics you're like When? when
0: okay When we get this first series launched... There's no emergency exit on this channel. (laughs) There's no backdoor happening on this one.
3: I mean, there's not. And that's why I'm like, man, we got to get this thing launched for, you know. But yeah, Yeah. we're getting there. We're getting there.
1: Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So
3: It's going to happen. Well, that's the thing. Like when we... When I made this decision earlier this year just to kind of dive in and just do this thing because literally COVID either cut anchor and cut your losses, just kind of get it, you know, stable and just whatever, self-sustaining and go back to your real job or dive in and see if you can make this thing something. And there was, you know, outside circumstances and various things that just kind of made me say, you know what, I'm going I'm to do this. So we'll
0: see what happens.
2: Yeah.